listening to All the Backlist, a weekly show about books that are not new. I'm Tears of Price, coming to you from Book Riot. This is episode 341.5, and it is the last Backlist episode of 2021. This week, I'm going to be diving into the stacks to talk about two great YA novels with social justice themes. But first, let's hear from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Entangled Publishing's Red Tower Books, publisher of the smash hit Fourth Wing. So this book I'm about to tell you about might be the next book talk, darling. It's a high octane fantasy adventure filled with risk, romance, action and sweet vengeance. In it, there are five liars who have five agendas, but only one target. So in Five Broken Blades from author Mae Corlin, the five most dangerous liars in the land have been mysteriously summoned to work together for a single objective, which is to kill the cruel God King June. Each has tasted bitterness, from the hired hitman seeking atonement to the lovely assassin dreaming of freedom, to even the prince exiled for his own crimes. This is a high-stakes game of treachery where the vengeance is sweet, the secrets are delicious, and each page deepens a journey that will keep you guessing until the very end. This also has themes of friendship, found family. You got a little bit of everything in this. Make sure to check out Five Broken Blades. And thanks again to Entangled Publishing's Red Tower Books, publisher of the smash hit Fourth Wing for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Daughter of the Bone Forest by Jasmine Skye. Bone familiar Rosie spends most of her days in the Bone Forest, hiding her powers to avoid conscription by the Witch King's army. But when she saves the life of Princess Shaw, she's offered the chance to attend the prestigious school Witch Hall. And at Witch Hall, Rosie finds herself embroiled in political games she doesn't understand. Shaw wants Rosie as a partner to help lead the coming war. Meanwhile, all Rosie wants is to stay out of trouble, but she can't really deny her attraction to Shaw. So the question is, will Rosie give in to her destiny or will the Bone Forest call her home once and for all? Daughter of the Bone Forest by Jasmine Skye is for all the magic school lovers. This immersive magic school is full of witches and familiars. It's also a queer normative fantasy world with a sapphic slow burn romance like we love. Make sure to check it out. And thanks again to Daughter of the Bone Forest by Jasmine Skye for sponsoring this episode. Okay, so I picked these two books because I recently had the privilege of being in conversation with one of the authors, and we just had a really fantastic, very sort of small chat with a bunch of librarians. It was virtual. It was a lot of fun, and it got me thinking about this book, and it got me thinking about the other book I'm going to recommend. So that is the inspiration behind today's picks. However, that being said, just know that this is going to be an episode in which I'm recommending two books with some heavier topics, including sexual assaults, drug use, violence, and yeah, I think that about covers it. So just be warned before we dive in. My first pick is Patron Saints of Nothing by Randy Rabay, and it is a fantastic YA novel about a high school senior named Jay. He is Filipino-American, and he was born in the Philippine Islands, and then he left when he was a year old and has grown up in the United States. His mom is white. His dad is Filipino. He still has connections to his family um, back in the Philippines, and he has been a pen pal with his cousin, June, who is about his same age. And 
at the very beginning of the book, Jay's in his senior year of high school. He's got this college acceptance for the fall, but he's not really feeling it. And he gets the devastating news that his cousin, June, who is like his brother to him, has been killed. And what's really weird about this is that nobody really wants to tell him the circumstances of June's death, just that he was shot. And there's going to be no funeral. So Jay is pretty devastated by this. And he's also feeling pretty guilty because for the last few years, he has not been as great at communicating with his cousin as he had been previously. And he knew that June had run away from home, but he really doesn't know like what he's been up to in the last few years. So he just is consumed with all of these questions. And this is when he discovers that there is a pretty serious drug war going on in the Philippines. And basically the people in power and law enforcement are taking a like no, you know, sort of shoot first and ask questions later type of stance. And a lot of people have been killed. And it's a very serious thing that just hasn't really Um, hit Jay's consciousness. So he decides that he wants to go to the Philippines and he wants to find out what really happened. And so he's able to convince his parents to let him fly there over spring break and he's going to stay with family. And his whole purpose is that he's going to get there and he's going to ask his uncle what really happened. Um, So he does, he goes. And unfortunately, he discovers that asking those questions and figuring out the truth is not as simple and as straightforward as he thought. And that there is a lot of fear that exists just in his family over what happened to June. But like, there's also a lot of unease in the country where you have people who are very much pro this way of handling drugs in the country, people who are very anti journalists who are risking their lives to expose the truth. And then just the fact that the truth is a lot of seemingly contrary things at once. And so it's this really beautiful novel of Jay's week in the Philippines as he's going around the country with his family, as he's talking with family members, as he's trying to retrace his cousin's last steps and understand um, what really happened to him and what brought him to this place. Um, So it's a really, really powerful novel. It was a National Book Award finalist a couple of years ago. I highly recommend picking it up. I just, you know, I read it once when it came out a couple of years ago, and then I reread it recently for the event I did. And both times, you know, I really noticed all the different things in the book, and it really hit me emotionally very hard. So that is Patron Saints of Nothing by Randy Rabay. And my next pick is We Are Not From Here by Jenny Torres Sanchez. And this one was on my mind because during my conversation with Randy, we were talking about books that are not set in the U.S. and, you know, how important it is to kind of get, you know, a perspective from outside the U.S. And this book came to mind because it was one of my favorite books that I read in 2020, And it was really powerful. I also think that it's really an important read because if you may remember in 2020, there was a lot of uproar over the publication of a book called American Dirt and how it was not a very accurate depiction of a migrant's journey from Mexico to the U.S. Um, So We Are Not From Here is about Pulga Pequeña and Chico 
And they are three teenagers from Guatemala. And it is about their journey from Guatemala through Mexico to the United States. It is harrowing. It is beautifully written. It's sometimes very difficult to read. But it, as far as I've seen from every review source and from a lot of different readers, it's a lot more, I I guess, like a a more faithful and accurate depiction of what this journey is like, although the author acknowledges in the book, um, in the sort of author's note, that everybody's journey is very different. And that is not to diminish from anyone's, you know, one experience or personal experience, but it's a hard, hard journey. And it, you know, deserves to be told from people who are, you know, coming at it from a place of knowledge and respect. And so I think this book really accurately depicts that. So we are not from here. Again, it is about Pulga, Pequena and Chico. They're three teenagers living in Guatemala. At the beginning of the novel, Pequena is pregnant, and she's about to give birth. And Pulga and Chico they are both living with Polga's mother. Chico's mother has died, and Polga's mother and Pequena's mother are very close. So they're actually kind of excited that Pequena's about ready to give birth because they're excited about a baby. They are, you know, not exactly thrilled that Pequena's a teenager and, and is giving birth, but um, they are kind of coming at it from the perspective of what's done is done, and we're going to raise this baby, and it's going to be okay. So... While Pequena is in labor, Pulga and Chico walk to a corner store and they inadvertently witness a murder and they know who is behind the murder. And it turns out the man who is behind the murder is also the man who sexually assaulted Pequena, got her pregnant. And he now thinks that, you know, once Pequena has his baby, they're going to be one big happy family. Pequena cannot stand this man, and she, but she's terrified of him. So basically, after the baby is born, a little time passes, Pola and Chico realize it is not safe for them in Guatemala, and Pequeño realizes that it is not safe for her. So the three of them leave under the cover of night, they cross over the border from Guatemala to Mexico, and they start making their way north. And again, this is a very harrowing journey. Some of the time they're riding aboard this train called La Vistia, and it's just really, really tough. And I, you know, I really appreciate that the author doesn't flinch away from how tough this journey is. But just know that like, you know, sometimes you have to read this book in chunks because of how difficult it is. At the same time, I really appreciated the beautiful writing and how well the story was told. This book does still have some hope in it, even though um, it goes into some pretty dark places. I'm very glad to have read it because I feel like I, you know, just maybe understand a bit more of, you know, what the actual journey is like to say nothing of, you know, why so many people, you know, they literally are leaving because they will die if they stay home. And so um, they had North in the hopes of, you know, not just a better life, but just a life being able to live and I think this book is just a really powerful representation of that. I think it's a great book for teenagers, but also for adults to pick up. Also, I listened to it on audiobook and the audio narration was excellent. So that is We Are Not From Here by Jenny Torres Sanchez. And 
I'm sorry to leave you with some bummers of some books because these books are pretty heavy and they are about some pretty heavy subjects. They will probably, you know, make you a bit sad, make you a bit reflective and thoughtful. Um, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. You know, we should be thinking about what is happening beyond our borders and how we can be more compassionate, you know, human beings. And I think short of international travel and seeing these things for ourselves, reading from these perspectives is really important. So I hope that you are having a very well-read and safe weekend ahead and a holiday ahead, um, and that you're going to be well-stocked with books for the time that we are away. Um, thank you so much to our sponsor. You can find a list of the books I mentioned today in the show notes by visiting bookriot.com forward slash all the books. And if you enjoyed this podcast, show us some love by leaving us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts because it helps other book lovers find us. And as always, thanks to our sound editor, Jen Zink. Finally, if you want to connect with me or see pictures of my books and very sassy cat, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Tears of Price, that's T-I-R-Z-A-H-P-R-I-C-E. I will be back next week on a regular episode of All the Books with Liberty. And then we are done for the year. And then, of course, I'll be back in 2022 with more backlist and frontlist recommendations. Um, but thanks for listening and have a great holiday. 